San Diego's transit agencies are making a big bet on the future of transit. Both the San Diego Association of Governments and the Metropolitan Transit System are pushing forward separate tax measures that would improve public transit. The improvements may be key if the region hopes to improve transit service and get more people out of their cars, one of the only ways to meet climate goals. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Josh Ramson-Smith, you cover transportation for the Union Tribune. So as San Diego begins to embark on this massive investment into transit, what are some of the risks that we need to consider? Well, the risk is that people might not ride the system. Mm-hmm. You know, we see these systems all over the country where places have spent billions of dollars creating rail systems that people don't ride. Yeah, it seems like L.A. is kind of a good example of that, right? Yeah, right. That's the, the, the our cautionary tale here. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles spending all this money. Now, Los Angeles has seen increase on its um, rail lines, some increase on its rail lines. It's its bus line that's really doing the worst. Um, but overall, transit ridership down as they continue to spend money. And the takeaway message is when you lay rail track on an auto-centric urban map, uh, it's not going to be that easy to get people onto that public transit. Because it seems like the missing piece into getting more people to use transit is to make it harder to drive, right? Right. And it means making super dense, urban, walkable neighborhoods. Like, when you think about the San Diego region, like, where do we have that fits that description? Basically, downtown San mm-hmm. Diego. Maybe you could argue places like Hillcrest and North Park and um, maybe South Park, right? Like, yeah, you could you could say that, or Bankers Hill. But you need these really vibrant areas because when people get off of that rail line, they need to be able to walk to their job or to walk wherever they're going. That's what we've learned from the systems that are really thriving around the country and the ones that are seeing ridership decline. So it seems like some plans are going towards that kind of goal. Like, for instance, the extension of the the blue line, which would connect the job centers. Are people kind of hoping that this would be one of the few success stories when it comes to San Diego's transit? I mean, the blue line is is really interesting, right? Uh, We have this line going from downtown to our major job center, Mm -hmm. right, in uh, University City. Um, There is going to be mixed-use development around the stations, uh, which people are excited about, right? Um, However, University City is not terribly walkable, Mm -hmm. right? So will people ride this rail line, this trolley line up there to go to work when they step off the trolley? How are they going to get to their job? Have you ever tried to walk around in University City? Holy moly. So... That, that's going to be a real question mark. Like, how does that play out? Are people riding that? I think that that will be something that we all have to keep our eye on, especially since it's supposed to open in 2021 mm-hmm. and the tax measure is supposed to go before voters. The SANDAG, the San Diego Association of Governments Tax Measure, is supposed to go before voters in 2022. We also have the San Diego Metropolitan Transit System Tax Measure for 2020. But yeah, we could take an, we could keep our eye on that blue line and see what happens if all of the if what we're seeing in all the other cities proves right, 
that line could struggle. Mm-hmm. So let's break down those tax measures. Let's go with SANDAG first. What would that entail? So, right. So the SANDAG one is being talked about for 2022, November 2022, and that would be a whole cent sales tax increase mm-hmm. um, into perpetuity. Uh, it would generate roughly $100 billion with state and matching state and federal matching funds um, every 40 years. Mm-hmm. And that would give the region a lot of money to play with, a whole cent sales tax increase. It also depends on where who's included in that tax increase, right? Mm-hmm. Because remember, Todd Gloria's bill that was just signed by Governor Newsom now allows agencies like SANDAG to do sub-regional ballot measures. So that means it could just be the city of San Diego, Chula Vista, and National City, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if um, San Marcos doesn't want to be part of it, no big deal. That's that's not a requirement anymore. And so it depends on what cities are are included in the, in the ballot measure, but roughly the estimates are about $100 billion every 40 years if everyone's included, and that would give SANDAG a lot of money to lay track, especially in urban areas where it's going to need to be um, underground. It's going to be, need to be a subway to avoid... Um, you know, bulldozing through too many people's homes. Mm-hmm. And so, what are the areas that are more most likely to see any kind of development in the near future when it comes to expanding any kind of transit lines? Well, I mean, I guess it depends on where they where where they lay the lines, right? Mm-hmm. Like Mid Coast Trolley Extension, we'll see stuff hopefully pop up around those train stations. But what Sandag is proposing, like, think about the Mid Coast one, right? Like, it's it's basically. It's not going through like super dense areas, right? Mm -hmm. What they're talking about is like, let's do a line from like downtown to North Park, right? Mm -hmm. Have like a train station there, a bustling train station where you've got coffee shops and breweries and people get off and walk around. And then conversely, they get on that, go back downtown to work in the morning, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So what we don't know, but Sandag has thrown out the idea of like, running lines all the way to Escondido yeah. or Oceanside, which is, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess we're going to have to see, Sandaga said in February, they're going to have their final plan, right? Mm-hmm. All the lines, like this really kind of like sophisticated plan with 3D modeling. So you'll be able to visualize what this is going to look like. But it's very different. I will say it's very different saying we're going to run a line from downtown to North Park or from downtown San Diego to National City than it is like we're going to want run one all the way up to Oceanside or Escondido or something, right? Yeah, and, and certainly in North County, the, the politics of people willing to fund this kind of thing are different than other parts of the city. Oh, they're, the uh, yeah, I mean, we don't have to make, you know, we don't have to couch that language at all. They're, they've been opposed to it. They've been really skeptical. North County and even East County cities have been really skeptical about transit investments, especially if it means that there won't be money to widen freeways. Mm-hmm. So we've already explained what's going on with the SANDAG plan. What would MTS's plan do? So MTS's plan's going before the voters, if everything goes as planned, by 2020. We have a half-cent sales tax increase. I believe it sunsets. They haven't released all the de- Well, they haven't decided on all the details yet. And um, it would be to kind of expand the service that we have now. Mm-hmm. Right. So it would be to expand the trolley, expand the bus lines, give you more routes, more service. They've talked about maybe doing like a ferry service, which mm-hmm. would be interesting in, in San Diego Bay. 
Um, but mostly it's just to kind of like strengthen and beef up the system that we have now. Whereas the stand ag plan would be like laying new routes like all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so what are some of the deficiencies that MTS currently has? Well, uh, the trolley is slow. You know, no one, you know, I think everyone can agree on that. Um, bus routes were recently realigned and um, that seems to be working. Um, so you're always, if you're running one of those systems, you're always optimizing your bus routes to try to serve the riders the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people would like to see more frequent trolley service, more frequent bus service, basically just giving you a better product, a better MTS than you have right now. Although, overwhelmingly, something like more than 70% of all of MTS's riders are people who just basically can't afford cars, right? Mm-hmm. So Sandag's vision is different. Sandag's vision is like, let's not just beef up the system that we currently have. Let's overhaul it so that like middle income, upper middle income, everyone wants to take public transit. Mm-hmm. And the hard thing about that, the hard thing about that vision is really getting like a broad swath of the population to buy into public transit is you the places where it's worked are the places where it's really hard to drive. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Seattle suffers from gridlock traffic beyond anything San Diegans can imagine. I think if it's not hard to drive, you got to drive. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's what the that's what the data shows. So if we try to create this, we try to overhaul this brand new system beyond what MTS wants to do, right? But like lay these new lines, get new riders, get 10 they want 10% of all commuters to use public transit. A lot of people say, you know, oh, well, they want to take away our cars. I think it's important to remember we're just talking about trying to get 10%, 90% of people are still going to drive. But if we can get 10% off the roads and onto public transit, you know, that would be a big accomplishment by I think any transportation expert standards. And what's the estimate for people taking it now? I think it's like one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a tenfold increase, which right. that's a lot. The way the system is now, it probably couldn't handle that. Right. So it's kind of like in order to establish this kind of transit-oriented future, things really have to grow. That I mean, that is the bottom line. After talking to all these people all over the country who are looking at different transit systems, looking at different transit maps in Seattle, in Houston, in Atlanta, in L.A., you know, I mean, the places where it's working are the places where it's dense. Mm-hmm. It is really dense. And so if San Diego's not ready to embrace that kind of density, you know, it might not be a good use of funds, especially when we're talking about tens of billions of dollars Mm -hmm. to create a massive sprawling rail system. So what are leaders saying about the mayor's plan, which allows for more dense development near transit stops? Is that being seen as an actual solution to kind of going towards this future? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you'll probably remember, what was it, like two years ago when they were doing the community plan updates, the redoing the zoning for Mm -hmm. all these neighborhoods around downtown, and everyone was complaining, we're not zoning them dense enough we need to continue to up zone right like this was a big fight and everyone was frustrated with the mayor saying you're not standing up to the nimbies blah 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 blah, right Mm -hmm. and then there was other people of course on the other side saying you know this is too much density and what have you right so after all that happened earlier this year faulkner says you know what Let's just nix the parking requirements around these transit stops. And all of the people, the the 
transit advocates and the transportation experts said, yeah, this is the right direction. This is how you actually get transit to work. So that was definitely seen as a major as a major shift. Now, at the same time, though, Faulkner also cut a deal on the Sandag board Mm -hmm. that would that lays the groundwork for for expanding a few key highways like State Route 78 in order to get buy-in from North County officials for the bigger, wider rail project. Politics of it were rough, right? Like, because you you see Faulkner there, he's saying, we need to get buy-in for the transit plan. The only way we can get buy-in for this transit plan is if these these folks like Jim Desmond and uh, Steve Voss of Poway, Supervisor, County Supervisor Jim Desmond and the, the Mayor of Poway, Steve Voss. If, they, if these guys are on board with this, and the only way we can get them on board is to give them these highway projects, which have long been in on the books, right? Mm-hmm. We, we promised voters them, so we should do it, and then we'll, we'll secure the support that we need when we go to the entire county for a two-thirds vote, right? So you could see politically how it makes sense. If you're going to get 95% of the pie... You know that that looks like a win, but now with the new Todd Gloria bill, like those air, like far flung areas, don't even have to be part of the equation, right? And that could solve the problem and get things done faster, possibly, right? And maybe keep the transit, the new transit system, tighter into the urban core, right? Mm-hmm. Like it could be just downtown San Diego, National City. You know, I mean, you you could really keep it tight and efficient. Because mm-hmm. but- that seems to be like the true problem is that. The county is just so large with such diversity of land use and density that there is no one size fits all because there are so many different kind of realities here. Well, yeah, and it goes back to the job centers. People are crisscrossing all over the county to get to work mm-hmm. because only 5% of people work downtown San Diego. Only, I mean, 5% of um, all employment. Mm-hmm. Only 5% of the employment is downtown. That's crazy. That's crazy, right? And then the next two big job centers... Um, uh, Kearney Mesa and Sorrento Valley, they have a combined 16%. So then all the rest of it is spread out all over the place. So you got people tr- crisscrossing all across the region to get to work, um, which is not ideal, especially if you want to run one of these transit plans, which is why now people are saying more and more it's less about running lines out to Escondido and more about the elected officials working with employers to get all the employers to relocate in these more dense urban areas. Mm -hmm. So has there been any other examples nationally of kind of dealing with this middle phase in which investment goes towards more transit, it becomes slightly more annoying to drive? What do you do in this kind of awkward teenage phase, I guess, of transit development? Yeah, I mean, that's the question. Because Going from an auto-centric plan, an auto-centric urban environment like we have in Southern California, to the kind of dense, bustling communities that make transit work takes a long time. Mm-hmm. I talked to the executive director of Sandag, Hassan Akrata, about this and said, you know, you want to run these rail lines out to these areas, but they're not walkable. Like when people get off the train station, how are they going to get to their job? And his response to that was, those areas eventually will become walkable. It took us 50 years to design this auto-centric plan for San Diego and all of Southern California. It's going to take us 50 years to get out of this. So mm-hmm. let us lay these rail lines. In the meantime, these neighborhoods will slowly become denser. I don't know, right? Like mm-hmm. It seems like 
that's still that's still up in the air. I mean, LA maybe they're definitely ahead of us when it comes to this experiment, but that might be a good thing from San, for San Diego. We can kind of like sit back, see what they do, what works, what doesn't work, and decide how far out we want to throw these super expensive high-speed rail lines. Mm -hmm. And any kind of investment like this is going to have tons of opposition, so it takes a while to even get things moving. Right. Yeah. I mean, the opposition is very interesting. Like, where will the, is there going to be opposition to this? I mean, I think it really depends on what Sandag unveils in February. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very interesting to see people's reactions. Um, because the chief opponents on the Sandag board have now kind of all ostensibly bought into the idea, as long as they get their a few of their freeway expansions, they've all kind of signed on to this. If Jim Desmond all of a sudden turns around and says, no, I'm not for the high-speed rail project, well, he's got to have a pretty darn good explanation for that, mm-hmm. right? Because at this point... Um, but, you know, who knows? Maybe they come out with a plan in February and, and people can poke holes in it. It really depends on uh, – there's a lot of pressure on Sandag now when they unveil this thing in early uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. All right. Josh Emerson-Smith, thank you so much. Good to be here. In other transportation news, National City has changed a law banning lowriders on Highland Avenue and is now celebrating its car culture. Lowriders, vehicles with customized hydraulic systems, were once a mainstay in the city until 1992, when the city banned cruising. The city has reversed that rule, and at an inaugural car show, lowriders recently cruised down National City's main thoroughfare. To check out the lowriders, go to uniontrib.com lowriders. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. If you also like your news in your email inbox, we've got you covered. You can sign up for breaking news, top headlines, business, sports, entertainment, watchdog, caregiving, and more. We've also got an email in Espanol, plus emails for Pacific Magazine and a host of community newspapers. Just go to uniontrip.com newsletters. Until next time.